0: Hello, welcome back to Kindled. I'm your host, Haley. So, today I am chatting with my friend Richard Fancher. Uh, Some of you, if you follow me on Instagram, might remember about a month ago I went to a waterway uh, car wash in my city and I just happened to meet Richard um, in an interesting exchange, which you will hear about in this episode. Um, But we connected and he agreed to come on Kindled and talk to me and tell me a little bit about himself and his story. Um, And this is obviously a little different than the typical episode that you will hear on Kindled, where we are discussing, um, you know, cultural, political, social, theological topics from a biblical worldview. But uh, I wanted to share Richard's story because... He has an interesting background, and just his testimony I think is is very powerful and I wanted to share that with you and also just you know I don't believe in um accidents, I don't believe in happenstance or fate. I believe in a sovereign God who orchestrates everything for his good purposes and so uh, I believe there's you know some some reason that I met him that day and uh that he told me a story, and that he came on this this podcast to share that with you guys and so um, I'm excited for you to hear it. I do want to mention that in this conversation Richard talks about uh, a distinction between religion and relationship with Jesus and he says several times that he is not a religious man Um, and I just want to kind of qualify uh, what I believe he means by that um, after talking with him that you know what what religion meant means to him what he was Talking about when he says that was the way he grew up, where he, it was just, you know, he was in a very strict Catholic school um, where he did not have a personal relationship with the Lord or had never heard the gospel, where it was just about performative works to achieve righteousness. And so, um, you know, while he says to this day, he still says, I'm not a religious man. I think that that is the heart of what he's saying. He's not saying he doesn't believe in the tenets of Christianity, as you'll hear from our conversation. I believe he does, but he does not subscribe to, um, you know, having to perform all of these works in order to be saved, rather that works would come out of salvation. Or anyways, I'll say at least that's what I believe. <laughs> that's what I believe. I, I think Richard agrees with me. But either way, I did want to clarify that, that when we say religion, I know that um, you know it's important to kind of define what that means and obviously Christianity is a religion in the broadest sense just like uh, Catholicism is a religion or Buddhism is a religion um, and yet if we reduce Christianity down to just the works that a Christian does then it it really just becomes performative empty acts so um, anyway just wanted to qualify that and kind of give a little more context since you will hear him say that a couple times. I do want to let you know that um, part of the way that we met was him sharing about how he had COVID and was in the hospital, and because of the nature of the story of what actually happened to him in the hospital, I can't put all of that on this episode because um, it would likely get flagged, so I am going to put that portion of our interview on my locals page, And I'm going to make it available to everyone. So you do not have to sign up for Firestarters. You do not have to subscribe or pay a monthly fee to hear that portion of the interview. You can just go to my page on Locals, uh, .locals kindledpodcast.locals.com. And you can, you sign up as a member, but you do not have to pay. You can sign up as a member, a free member, and you can then hear that portion of our conversation so again if you want to hear that section of the conversation uh, go to kindlepodcast.locals.com and it's about 40 minutes into our conversation so I notify you by coming on and telling you that again um, at that point and then I'll pick back up with the, the rest of his story after he gets you know released from the hospital so again you can become a member for free and you will be able to listen to the rest of the podcast with Richard Uh, by going to kindlepodcast.locals.com, becoming a member. And again, that's free. Um, You'll see it at the top of the page. I will pin it to the top of that page. Uh, Feel free to message me on Instagram if you have any questions or email me at Haley, H-A-L-E-Y, at Podcast.com. And again, you can find me on Instagram at Haley.kindled and at kindled.hayley. Now, while you are browsing Instagram, make sure and hop over to follow The Mama Militia. Let me tell you why. The Mama Militia arms families to confidently raise kids that will fight progressivism. You're in a race against the world to see who your kids will think is the expert, and the Mama Militia will help you win that race. Follow the Mama Militia because they are committed to educating future generations about the culture war we're in and establishing individual and family unit values to restore America's faith-based foundation. Check them out on Instagram at The Mama Militia. Okay. Here is my conversation with Rachel Reeves. Richard, welcome to Kindled. Thank you for joining me today.
1: Well, it's great to be here. And I am not um, contrary to what you're seeing in my background. I'm not on the beach. I wish I were there. These are just pictures of uh, <laughs> a wedding of my nephew, and that was their view. So I, I thought it'd be great to take that. So yeah, it's anyway, beautiful. I'd be delighted to be here and uh, uh, speaking to your audience.
0: Well, for anyone who is, um, who does not follow me on Instagram, I got to catch them up to speed on, on who you are and I'll allow you to kind of share that, but, um, just how we met real quick. I mean, it was honestly kind of a, an act of providence. Um, and, and I, I, it's hard to argue that it was anything other because we were actually at the waterway car wash at the same time, a couple weeks ago on, I think it was even a Wednesday morning. I, I don't recall exactly, but, um, and I was standing behind you in line and to check out and pay for a car wash. And, you know, you weren't wearing a mask and neither was I. And the the cashier handed you a mask and said, we require masks inside. And you said, well, you know, actually I just beat COVID and I just got out of the hospital and I have, you know, it's a new year. It's a new it's a new year to live free not live in fear and you were just like going in a little bit to your story and turned to me and i was like wow that's incredible like congratulations on beating covid and getting out of the hospital and this 16 year old kid is just standing there like okay <laughs> you know and uh and then um I I went to pay and I thought for sure he was going to say the same thing to me, but I think after, after your words, he was like, I'll just go ahead and leave you alone. (laughs) So, so he did not even ask me to wear a mask, but I went outside and just asked you, I, you know, I came up to you and said like, so it's interesting that you didn't change your mind on masks, even after having COVID and having almost died and really had a, what sounds like it was a pretty severe case, um, which you're going to share with us. But I just said, that's like, that's interesting because, you know, you're, you're not, you, it didn't change how you feel about how you want to live and, you know, where your hope is. And that's just, that's different. You know, I think I noticed something different and then we just struck it up a conversation started talking. So that's how you're here. I met you at a car wash um in, in Overland Park a couple weeks ago. So there it is. <laughs> it's just kind of a, a happenstance thing, isn't it?
1: Well, you know, there's uh, no accidents in the life right. of the Christians. Some people call it fate. And yeah. um, the fact that two or more gathered here today in his name is a, is a great start as well. Mm-hmm. And regardless, I'll give God the, the glory here for all of this stuff and the things that took place as we mm-hmm. get into those. And and we can, of course, start wherever you'd uh, like. I can mm-hmm. give kind of my background. We can kind of move into yeah. Um, Uh, the event i'm i am a covid survivor Mm -hmm. uh wasn't supposed to be and we'll talk a little bit about that and uh, the story that actually had a chance to share with the cashier which is kind of interesting
0: yeah well uh, you know now that you say that you know i i think it would be interesting to start with your upbringing because you you know who are you because all i know and, and this is news i'm learning alongside those who are listening today but um I mean, you did mention to me some about how you came to know Christ and your background, but yeah, why don't you tell us a bit about yourself and uh, and your upbringing?
1: Well, it's pretty complex. Uh, I'm glad um, we only have 45 minutes. I could certainly take about three hours, and mm-hmm. and uh, we may have to cut it in segments. But I'm uh, inner city guy, uh, as mentioned, uh, born on, uh, raised on Eighth in Brooklyn, uh, predominantly Catholic neighborhood. Went to 12 years of Catholic school. And I estimated probably had two to three hours of religion uh, and catechism every um, school day of my life. So five days a week, two to three hours a day there, and then mass and so on. Um, Raised on 8th Brooklyn, my uh, grandparents were from the old country, Italian. Uh, My father's from Birmingham, Alabama. Um, We're told we have a street named after us down there. My name is Richard A. Fancher. That's just like rancher but with an F, F-A-N-C-H-E-R. Uh, but uh, my father chose and allowed that um, we be raised Italian. So as an Italian community, uh, we um, ate Italian food every day that I can remember. I, I had never had a hamburger until I was much older. I didn't know what the heck a, a hamburger was. But so 12 years of Catholic grade school at St. John the Baptist on, on Independence Avenue, and then uh, <coughs> D. Sal Military Academy on 16th and Paseo. It would later drop the military. Uh, I had two brothers. One passed away many years ago. My younger brother of cancer, mm, uh, a, a devout Christian young man. Uh, my brother uh, today lives in California. He attended Rockhurst, which is a pretty well-known. Rockhurst mm-hmm. and were were the Competitors in Kansas City, the best we played for what we call a little brown jug, which was a extremely competitive, almost a KUMU kind of kind of deal. Mm-hmm. Um, I had an aunt; God love her. She was um, uh, she was from born in Tunis uh, or Tunisia, Tunis, Africa, or Tunisia on the way to Sicily. That's where my grandparents were from, and uh, she in a in a predominantly Italian. Catholic neighborhood was a hellfire Pentecostal uh, tongue speaking um, uh, Italian lady who almost not every day would take me up to her room. We'd kneel and pray for almost 35, 40 minutes. And she did that without fail many, many nights. I don't know why me. I, I get I could guess uh, some of the stuff she prayed for. Uh, we we'd have meetings there at the house that were those healing meetings, and she would um, uh, speak in Italian. And if I brought any statuettes of Jesus, Mary, and Joseph, she in one time got them and threw them across the room. And that became a very heated uh, uh, kind of thing between my mother and my aunt, Mm -hmm. because she'd say, you can't have statues. Mm -hmm. Um, You should only have God or Jesus in front of you, etc. And of course, I could not tell because they're speaking Italian, whether they're cursing in Italian or whether my mm-hmm. aunt and my mother had absolute respect for my aunt. So, yeah. um, graduated high school, uh, uh, from the inner city there, uh, at 17 and saved money, went out to California on my, my seeking of truth, whatever that was going to be. Uh, and, um, hung out with the uh, druggers and the, the uh, surfers and, um, uh, some occasional uh, street gangs of different types, um, Buddhists, Satanists, etc cetera. Uh, so for a 17-year-old, it was an extremely enlightening experience from a young Catholic boy who had seen uh, the inner city uh, and um, seen many faiths, but uh, honed in on my cultural background, which was Catholicism and so on. I'm not a big believer in religion. Uh, And I found that when I went out to California, there's other truths. And I'll share some of those in the future discussion. Um, I came back from that. uh, And uh, at that time, Vietnam was pretty hot and heavy. And I worked for a little bit and uh, joined the United States Coast Guard, uh, where I would enlist in um, the Honor Guard. Uh, The Honor Guard had 32 people. Uh, they had routines that uh, and um, uh, were inspected only by admirals and specific people. I made the top 16, which was um, a bit more sophisticated. And drill teams—they called it the si- Silent Honor Guard—where they mm-hmm. had no ca- cadence. We just had routines, uh, and from that group, um, you could have gone to either Presidential Honor Guard or to Guard Tomb of the Unknown Soldier. Mm-hmm. I did have my choice. Um, I was asked. I foolishly um, said, uh, "You know, what do I want to guard a tomb for?" I'm I'm 17, going on 18. I mm-hmm. what what could I glean from that? And a man would say, "You know, you regret that someday," which I I have. But um, then moving on, I, um, I worked at several different uh, positions. I worked as a young boy, young man in the in the car biz and. Um, when I got out of the Coast Guard, uh, got out of that, went into the insurance and investment business and did that for, uh, and have done that for 46 years, still doing that. We, we work, uh, my company is Fancher Financial Services. So I say it's Fancher, just like Rancher with an F mm-hmm. and it's FancherFinancialServices.com where we deal with, uh, numerous, uh, clients in the area of business and personal insurance and investments um, in the area of mutual funds, annuities, et cetera. Now, um, the company um, was only part of what I did. I bought properties and I I got involved in an election for the school board of one of the finest school districts in the country. It, It wasn't the finest in the country, I think, until myself and seven other people were elected. I was one of the youngest school board members to ever be elected. Uh, to the district, uh, which at that time uh, began to run about 19% growth per year, Uh, and people were coming from all over the country to uh, become um, members in that school district. At that time, I was involved in over $100 million of building projects. Uh, During my tenure, we became one of the finest school districts in the top 250 school districts in the country educationally.
0: Is that local? Um, which one are you talking
1: about? Yeah, Blue Valley School District. Okay. Um, yeah, I served two year, two four year terms. I, I uh, won election. I Got a little cocky. Lost an election. Somebody asked me if I'd run again. I, I re ran, and won another election. And I don't I don't know uh, where that. I apologize to You're you, good. and I You're have fine. three phones, and I'll get rid of one of those. And it's
0: okay. And I can it edit should, it out. Don't worry
1: about it. Should end the process. Okay. So, um, yeah, and so we, um, I used to say that we were the educational field of dreams, you know, we, Mm -hmm. we build the buildings, but um, people came not because of the buildings, but because the education that we provided. And I would say one of the greatest administrative and uh, educational staff that um, board members could possibly have. Um, During that period of time, it got very political, and I was asked to do some consulting work for a company that dealt with of technologies and I became a dot connector, started a consulting company in DC while I was still doing insurance investments uh, and um, started a computer training company, a property management company and 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 several of those things during that period of time. So um, that's kind of a Cliff Notes yeah. version of um, uh, the young and as the older Richard Fancher. hmm came into you've being and um so on so um i'll halt right at that point
0: i want to take a second to introduce you to one of my sponsors and that is my friend Lacey baumiller with the five minute meal Lacey teaches women that long-term weight loss is a byproduct of healthy sustainable habits not short-term fad diets if you follow me on insta you've likely seen that i've been on my own health journey to create more sustainable and healthy habits so i could not agree with Lacey more Her five minute meal will teach you a simple weekly meal planning system that will simplify mealtime, save you from the overwhelm of wondering what to make for dinner every night and help you prepare nutritious meals that will move the needle on your health goals and your entire family will love download the five-minute meal plan with recipes, shopping lists, and a step-by-step process to make it all happen. Just scroll down in the show notes of this episode and click the link to go to Lacey's website. It's completely free. And bonus, anyone who downloads will get a 15-minute pantry audit where Lacey will teach you how to stock your pantry to make this process effortless. Just simply scroll down on the show notes of this episode to click the link and download your five-minute meal plan today. I'm curious. I, I want to dig into, you know, what you were sharing about some of your upbringing with your aunt and, and the, your, your Catholic background. I mean, even just what you mentioned about being catechized, uh, and in this, in this school, uh, it was a Catholic school, I assume, um, two to three hours a day of religious education there. And yet also having this aunt who would pray with you. And I mean, that had to be kind of confusing as a, as a child at, what What was that like? Um, did you have your own convictions at that time of like what was true or were you just kind of being tossed about by the environment you were being put in by your parents you know what, what was that like
1: um, to all the Catholic brothers and sisters out there and they they know the the process where you'd you'd um, have catechism class and you you'd hear a, a bit about the epistles and you're never taught really the Bible. And so the Bible was out there. And so the remnants you'd get of Bible, but it would be primarily epistles and, and things of that nature and catechism specifically. And so you're in a kind of a confined um, arena. And in that arena, you are surrounded by every Catholic of every type. And of course, in in I was an also an altar boy and so we learned Latin. I learned mm-hmm. Latin in second and third grade and and uh we'd have masses every day. For the Italian women, we'd have and it because frankly <laughs> it was most of the Italian women that were attending the masses at five and five thirty. Mm-hmm. Um, and they'd have an Italian mass and then they'd have a a Latin mass thereafter. Mm-hmm. Uh and so you're attending um, masses literally every day and, or every other day. And then you had to get to confession on Friday where you would always start with um, bless me father for how I have sinned." My last confession was X. I lied to my mother. You'd go into the basics and you're afraid to go anything dramatic mm-hmm. of course uh, because that priest was in a partition um, and they never looked upon you because it was kind of a sheet in front of that. Uh, and so it was pretty consistent. Um, uh, it was very rigid. Uh, and uh, your your instruction was the best you could possibly get. I would certainly put, um, and your discipline ran a hard, fast second education. Uh, in high school, they were allowed to impose um, and inflict some uh, physical pain uh, and did often uh, in grade school the nuns and and rulers were, and became my friend. And Mm -hmm. I remember a a nun that used to spank me fairly frequently, said, oh, Richard, someday you're gonna make something yourself, and those tears would stream down. Mm -hmm. So it was a, um, that was Sister Margaret Mary, I'll mention her later, but. um,
0: That's hard to hear. That is really hard for me to hear. I I hate that.
1: (laughs) You mean the discipline part?
0: Yes, I yes. I do not I you're not asking my opinion, but I don't believe that anyone but a parent should be physically disciplining a child because I don't believe anyone but a parent can love a child in the right way to do that in a loving, controlled manner. I just I do not that's that just grates against every part of my being. It's very and, hard and to do. And of course,
1: with. now you gotta keep this to my haley, and that's that's very good. That's very appropriate. Um now keep in mind I'm in the late fifties, sixties, yeah. a different frame of reference.
0: I know parents. Yeah.
1: My my father said, you know, if they smack you and it's warranted, you know, I may do the same when you get home. I mean, it was that kind of mentality um, um, where you're told to trust those that taught you, have an absolute respect. Um, then you add some of the Italian culture to that. And, and uh, you know, they're very um, consistent and persistent with Corporal punishment if you're doing the wrong thing because there was a lot of uh, other avenues that you could have gone in my neighborhood. You know, you're either a, a, a going to be a priest or you're going to be a engineer or you're going to be a fireman or a policeman, mm. uh, and then they had other activities that you could have been, which were far removed. And you hear those things in the news. Um, yeah. But um, I think the time the culture, uh, the backgrounds were, were you never thought discipline was a bad thing. You just figured that, you know, you deserved it. And uh, if the sister uh, gave you a punishment, I remember a nun breaking about three rulers over my back end because mm-hmm. I had passed around uh, the black hand and um, uh, the black hand was uh, representative of the mafia and so I passed a little something around to the kids and um, she said, it's inappropriate. We don't, it's not something you you work toward and we don't believe that appropriate here at school. And Richard, I'm gonna do this. We used to have two guys who used to fight all the time, Jill and Carl. Uh, they fought almost every day. It was stopped short of completion uh, because the nuns would come and break it up. So one day the uh, enforcer uh, sister, Uh, came into the class and said, Carl, Gino, I'm so tired of disciplining you that um, you are going to go out in the hall. I'm going to lock the doors of every classroom and you will fight until you cannot fight anymore. And no one, no one will stop you. And they did. And they never fought again after that. Now that was a kind of a different, different approach. But again, Haley, it's, it was a different time. Uh, It was uh, a crazy time. Um, You know, we, We'd come out of the second World War, uh, a lot of the fathers were veterans and mm-hmm. before PTSD and and um, yeah. those things were recognized, you had those fathers that had that and felt discipline was okay anyway yeah so yeah
0: so so you've got this just very um yeah rigid upbringing that you are uh you know living living through it that's your life and um, into your adolescence, it sounds like you know you become you become successful, and and you've got that side where you're starting businesses, and you are, you know, you've obviously made something of yourself. As Sister Margaret Mary had hoped, um, uh, uh, over and against her um her discipline, you've you've come out and been successful. But where did you know, what was, what was your beliefs at the time religiously, or uh, did did you abandon kind of your Catholicism and your Catholic upbringing? um, Or was that something that you took with you into your adolescence? I'm curious, like how, how that upbringing kind of might have colored your perception of, you know, religion or God or any of those things.
1: That's excellent. Uh, California really began a process for me as I I went out there, and um, I was to go out there and live with the family for a while. Uh, but that family got a little upset because I didn't have a job. I thought we—I was going <laughs> to spend the whole summer out there—and found that wasn't going to be the case. And that at that point, I didn't initially begin my my seeking of truth, but I finally decided, and I ran into this gentleman at a fraternity party. Ends up, he was a, um, a, a motorcycle gang guy, but he looked like a Harvard graduate. But he was a leader of a gang in in uh, California on Van Nuys Boulevard. My haunts were were La Jolla Beach and Newport Beach and and um, Santa Monica Beach and Zuma Beach and and um, as you get a sprinkling of things from surfers to druggers to to Beach Boys, to to gangs, and um, you'd run into different religions. A lot of Buddhists out there, a lot of monks, a lot of a lot of things. And I just start asking questions and seeking what I thought was truth. Now, um, I didn't find truth because nobody could express truth uh, that I felt was truth. Mm-hmm. Uh, I did at one point, and I remember very vividly uh, in a junior college stint that I had during the uh, pre-Vietnam years, um, where I was in a philosophy class and he started talking about truth. He said, you religious people. So what are you? I said, well, I'm Catholic and I'm proud of it. Two or three other Catholics sitting next to me. I'm now about 18. And, um, he said, can your God create a rock he can't lift? So we get into this discussion about that. And I'm thinking, my gosh, how do you explain that stuff? And I decided, I said, I'd like to see after class. So two of us went out there and uh, we started hitting them up. You know, you're you're putting down religion. No, I just asked you if you knew what truth was. I said, well, according to Thomas I said, don't, don't give me the BS, Richard. Uh, you don't know what truth is, do you? I said, well, frankly, I don't. I said, you guys? Well, I I stick with Richard, whatever Richard says. He said, "Um, Jesus said I'm the way and the truth and the life. And I I looked at him and I said, "Uh, I never heard that Mm. ever. But I said, you're putting down religion. He said, never did. Mm. I talked about truth, period. I left there and, and, you know, something, something inside kind of clicked and. And at that time, I used to wear a St. Christopher medal all of my life, still have it, big chain. St. Christopher was to protect you and all things. And suddenly, St. Christopher was no longer a saint. Well, in that period of time, I I, um, got married uh, as a young man after I'd gotten back from active duty. And um, my mother-in-law, very gracious lady, uh, was a very devout Christian lady she talked about salvation and those kinds of things. And I, I said, well, you know, I mean, Catholics don't quite believe the way you do. He said, she'd said, don't they believe in Jesus? I said, yes. Don't they believe God raised him from the dead? I said, well, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, you believe in God, the father, son, the Holy Ghost. I said, I think like the lyric said, uh, you know, um, the friends I admire most are the father, son, the Holy Ghost. I can't remember what that song was. Mm-hmm. Um, And except that they left for the coast, I think that was the rest of it. And I said, so I, yeah, I do. And I said, I'd say most Catholics do, but I I'm, I'm kind of having a problem with the religion. You're Baptist. I I don't, you know, I've been in one of your services. It sounds like a roller skating rink. The guy's talking through his nose. I'm getting upset because I'm not used to a a priest, not being up there and, and Latin and all those things. And then the Catholics began to get away from Latin and starting to go a different Uh route and doing different things. Now, now all of that's beginning to take place. St. Christopher is no longer a saint who I believe protect me through the years. Um, uh, And from a rigid and very strict uh, background, a Catholic, but had implanted a Pentecostal Mm -hmm. who would lead her mother and father to the Lord before they died. And a father who came back from the war, And we'd always question why did I come back and why did my friends not come back? Mm -hmm. And I said, God, dad, do you believe in God? He said, you know, I don't. And I admire those people that believe in something like that, but it's not my style. It just isn't. Mm -hmm. He would later accept Christ as savior before long before he passed away. But so during that period of time, there are several things that took place would take much longer than the time you have. Um, But um, I, I was given the plan of salvation. Mm. And it's a simple plan. Uh, But I start reading where the Bible was. uh, And it talked in Hebrews, I believe, and I I quote that Hebrews 412, and I got it close, that the Bible is alive, Mm -hmm. and active, God's word is alive and active, they go to the part that says sharper than any two-edged sword. Mm -hmm. And that's what they remember. But they don't, if you ask somebody, but what was pre that two-edged sword,
0: Living God's active, word is yeah.
1: alive and active, meaning that it's it's talking to you. You can talk to it and you can ask it most anything and you'll get a response in some form. It's alive. Alive is what it means. It's active. It's active. That's what it means. Mm-hmm. Now, so you get these bits and tidbits of things. And uh, many years had passed. I was going through some issues, um, um, with the marriage and, uh, some, uh, man, a guy by the name of Steve Gallup came out, was a Catholic. He said, I'm not asking you to change religions for me because religion, Richard doesn't get you to heaven. Mm-hmm. It's your acceptance or denial of Jesus Christ. Yes. Either you accept him, you deny him. I said, well, you know, we Catholics, you know, that we believe in Jesus Christ. He said, so do Demons. I said, yes. whoa, wait a minute, man. He said, no, no, I'm telling you. So do demons. Mm. And they fear the word. They fear that name. Mm. So he broke down. This was one of those times he came out and somebody asked him come and visit Fancher because, you know, he's one of those crazy Catholics and, you know, he's, he's all over the place and you need to kind of share your story, which he did. Um, and uh, I couldn't determine this guy was a CIA guy because I was a uh, in the service on a very important uh, confidential call. Mm-hmm. And out of nowhere, he intervenes on the phone call that I'm on and says, to tell me to get off the phone. I said, who is this? He says, you know who it is. Well, the only way that he could have been on that phone that I was making, which was an extreme military-ish kind of phone, um, except that he was, had something to do with some military in a fashion. Mm-hmm. I oh, excuse me, being a CIA guy and uh, So Steve broke out a diagram of where we are, um, where we're headed, what the end times look. Now You've probably seen it's almost a mapped, uh, structured kind of thing that identifies biblically where we started,
0: mm-hmm.
1: uh, where we were, where we are now, and where we're going. I said, what happens here? He said, that's the end, the end times. Uh, if you've not accepted Christ, uh, the only way you will, and you know, here, here and I find there are Christians that debate these issues. I'll be yeah. very honest. I'm, I'm not a religious guy. Uh, I'm a loyal fan of God, the Father, Son, the Holy Ghost. I accepted Christ as Savior many years ago. But before I did that, I went through my rough stages of things in my background because of whether it be the service or upbringing or what have you, that kind of disallowed for me listening to what truth was mm-hmm. or is. Yeah. And as described by that philosophy teacher, and um, and I know there are nuns, great nuns. There are great nuns today. The great priests today that are believers. Yeah. Uh, and so uh, I, I'm not going to in any way put down a Catholicism, but your religion will not get you there. Your religion and your culture won't get you there. I think that after he described what would happen if I'd never accepted Christ, he said, think for a moment um, that we're gone. I said, where are you going? He says, well, for those that accepted Christ, we'll be called to heaven uh, before Christ returns again. And uh, I said, well, what about me? He said, well, your history, man. I said, "What, what are you talking about? I said, you got to be kidding. So if I don't accept Christ right now, you're saying that if if Christ calls the, the saved Christians to his own, the only way then are those people left behind to get to heaven is through that martyred process. He said, Yeah. Now, I'm a believer. I believe God is that the Bible's inspired word of God. Okay, there it comes. It's alive and active. And he's telling me about things. By faith, um, and of course, that's that's that other simple thing. You know, you talk about faith, and um, you know, faith comes by hearing, hearing from the word of God, and so on. And I may quote some things that that are, are not. I can't quote That's why I put some of these things down here. Yeah, uh, faith is confidence in what we hope for and assurance about what we do not see. Right. right. So um, I asked myself, "Well, what do I need to do to go?" And he referred to, he said, read this with me. Romans 10 9. If you declare with your mouth, Jesus the Lord, mm. and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you, you the Catholic, you the Buddhist, you the Protestant, um whatever your religious belief that you will be saved past Mm -hmm. tense past tense it's forgiven it's done Mm -hmm. he's done it all you've got to do is accept it by faith right well faith is a big big deal I said no Uh, he said no it's simple really when you go to flip that switch you have faith to believe that light's coming (laughs) on you you know how it happens I said no I don't so I put it in more practical terms and a friend just recently told me, says, said, well, you know, you talk about faith. What about these people? Hundreds of them that ride in a cylinder in the air, they're going four to 500 miles an hour. Mm-hmm. Now, that's that's faith beyond it. Right. Mm-hmm. So so Romans 10, nine is what I placed my faith in. I did accept Christ at that time.
0: Yeah.
1: Wow. I didn't go to my Catholic friend and say, listen, you're not going to heaven. I did make a mistake one time to a friend, Catholic friend. <laughs> I said, if you drink, man, you're going to hell. Mm -hmm. Fancher, I've seen you so many different places. You're telling me if I drink, Mm -hmm. I'm going to hell. Well, you know, I got kind of on fire and I, you know, they, You know what
0: they call that? They call that cage stage.
1: (laughs) They call it what? Cage stage. Cage stage.
0: Yeah. Like when you need to be put in a cage when you're a (laughs) new baby Christian, because you're just going to go after, you're just so like, you're describing like, you're so excited and you're so on fire of this truth that you have been shown and that the Holy spirit has revealed to you and you just want other people to see it. And you often, yeah, you go a little hard or maybe say the wrong thing. And yeah, it's, it's funny, but it's, it's, it's common. So you're not alone.
1: Well, it, it happened. And uh, I I don't know if he ever did, uh, (laughs) uh, but certainly the seed was, was planted. And I remember attending, um, um, a meeting, uh, a prayer meeting, or I, I can't remember, a revival. There was a guy by the name of uh, Bob Harrington. They called him the chaplain of Bourbon Street. But the real chaplain of Bourbon Street was another guy by the name of Humphrey. Humphrey was Bob's brother, or uh, Bob's uh, um, associate. And Bob would go into some pretty rank places in New Orleans and share Christ with the Red Bible. He was kind of a man's man guy. And I heard him at the revival talking. And he said, you know, I, I'd asked him, I said, does drinking send you to hell? He said, Richard, drinking doesn't send you to hell, nor does smoking. Um, and I know you're hearing all this stuff in all these different churches. Uh, you've done the first most important that you've accepted Christ your Savior. So you know where you're headed. Uh, but then religion starts talking about those things. Drinking and smoking doesn't send you hell. But I'll tell you what makes you smell like you've been there for a while. So, you know, I'd use that. And uh, for a while I was like that caged guy, you know, I, I, um, actually, um, a church had asked me if I would, they felt the Lord had led, you know, that one of those things that to have me lead singing. Well, I've never, I sang in a group years, years ago in the sixties and they wanted me to lead singing. I said, no, I've never done that in my life. Well, the Lord's told me. So the Lord told you, so yeah, if you take a position though, for the next years that you're associated with it, you can't go to show, you can't go to dance, you can't have a drink, can't smoke, etc. Well, heck, that was worse than the honor guard. The honor guard, you can't drink, smoke, cuss for your life. So I'm told things have changed now. Uh, but the truth was that I had accepted Christ as Savior as a Catholic mm-hmm. uh, by culture and religion. Um, and when I'd share things like that to Catholics, it's very difficult for them to understand. I have that belief. Hmm. I have that belief system, the same as you. And I would say it's a repentance and it's a turning away from yeah. those old things. Behold, all yeah. things are new. You accept or you deny Jesus as savior. Mm-hmm. That's, that's the question. Romans 10, nine says it all. It did for me.
0: Our next sponsor today is Cornerstone Curriculum. So I am actually a graduate of Cornerstone Curriculum's four year course, World Views of the Western World. I took it in high school. I rediscovered the name of the company and got in touch with the founders because I wanted to tell them just how impacted I was by that course that I took all the way back in high school over 15 years ago. And um, they became a sponsor of the show because they believe in what I'm doing and I cannot say enough good things about what they did for me and, um, just wh- how they out, their curriculum taught me how to think critically. It taught me how to understand, you know, the founding of our nation and how it was rooted on the truth of God's word and on these biblical principles and the dignity of human life. And the fact that, you know, mankind has a simple nature, uh, this curriculum is how I learned to think critically about these issues. It instructed me in all of these, you know, questions that we now are weighing every single day in our in our own personal lives and these cultural issues. I learned to think about those things because of that curriculum um, almost entirely. I mean, I just credit it with so much of my own development uh, and worldview as a young adult. So I cannot say enough good things about it. Their website, cornerstonecurriculum.com has that as well as a lot of other products and resources that can help you to teach your kids how to think critically. They even have Bible studies and answers for difficult days series that covers a lot of the topics that we are dealing with today in terms of justice and sexuality and the family. Um, Their website is going to be an excellent resource for you, whether you are a homeschool family or even a a parent with kids in private or public school who wants to bring in some Christian worldviews resources and supplement your kids' education with that. So check their website out, cornerstonecurriculum.com. Use the coupon code KINDLED for 5% off and make sure you hit up their website as you are ordering curriculum this spring for the coming year. Yeah. Okay. And, and let me, and let me respond to some of that. Cause I, I think you're bringing up some really interesting you know, so many interesting conversations that obviously church fathers and, you know, uh, have been having throughout history. Right. And I thought of the thief on the cross, you know, who in his dying breath believed that Jesus was the Messiah and he had no, um, you know, he had nothing to show for that, that faith, that moment, that, that instantaneous, he, he believed and he professed and he was saved. And we have, And Jesus told him today, you will be with me in paradise. And so we, we have evidence. I'm so thankful that stories in scripture, because it shows us that it isn't about, you know, um, how many of the right things you do, or whether you don't do the wrong things, It, 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 that is not what saves you. It does not save you to drink or to not drink or to confess or to not confess your works are not what makes you righteous before God. And the Bible tells us that our works are as filthy rags. And so, even our best works still come short they fall short they we will never measure to the full stature of Christ but and then you've got on the the flip side of that coin is that although once you are saved we are to earnestly desire to you know be conformed into the image of Christ and and bible tells us that we will um that we will be made more like Christ meaning you know showing some of those characteristics that we can mirror like Uh, loving kindness and patience and joy and, you know, all these fruits of the spirit um, that we will grow in, in our spiritual walk, right. And, And maturing in our faith, like we will, we will grow more like Christ. And so it's not so much, you're not working for, you're not doing good things for your salvation, but the fruit that you'll see in your life will become increasingly more like Christ from a place of salvation, right? Like there's a difference. Like I'm not working. I'm not doing good things to be saved. It's because I'm saved that I want to obey God. I I love him and I want to serve him. I want to obey his word. Like I certainly am not perfect, but I pray that he would help me and strengthen me and grow me and that the Holy spirit would change me. And use these suffering, any suffering in my life or difficulty, like, which we'll talk about your situation with COVID, but like use anything to, um, to, to grow me and make you know, it's like once you're made alive, like if you picture like a flower or a plant, like it would be counterintuitive for that thing to stay the same size forever. Like if a flower that's not growing is dying and that analogy falls short, I'm sure. But the idea that like, once you are made alive in Christ, like you cannot help, but to want to obey God. And of course, again, not perfectly, nobody's perfect. We know that, but, and, and that's just where, you know, obviously we're talking about deep theological truths that, um, you know, that a, a lot of Catholics, like you mentioned, might not be familiar with may maybe have never thought through those differences because they've kind of been fed um, rules-based religion, like you mentioned, and, you know, good works and, okay, don't go lie to your mom, say these Hail Marys to, um, kind of confess before the priest and be made right again. And, and you and I, uh, we recognize that Jesus became our high priest, our great high priest on the cross. He went, he went before the father and he provided and became in himself the sacrifice that atoned for our sins. And we don't, we don't have to confess to a priest. We confess directly to God and we can go directly before his throne with, you know, what's the verse. Therefore we boldly approach the throne of grace because of Christ, we can boldly approach him. And it's just such a beautiful truth, um, that you, you know, that you obviously that the spirit God had in mind for you to be saved and he pursued you. And even through, such a difficult, you know, challenging upbringing, um, you have found truth, like you said, the, the truth, the one who is the truth, you know, um, and that's just, that's so incredible, so thank you for sharing all that you did about that.
1: Now, I will say this, though, that uh, before I did get s- saved, and I did uh, with that uh, uh, Steve Gallop, um for a week, I thought I was going to die, I thought if I closed my eyes, I would die for a week. I now know that was the Holy Spirit, major conviction to prep me for that discussion Mm -hmm. where that person would have his footsteps ordered to me. From there, it was the Holy Spirit's work in mine to make those decisions to accept Christ. And Mm -hmm. uh, I accepted Christ as a Catholic. I could have accepted Christ as a Baptist. I can tell you a lot of Catholics won't get to heaven. A lot of Protestants won't get to heaven. A lot of baptists methodists yep um, yep I, mm-hmm. I saw a movie and i, I it was called river runs through a great movie mm-hmm. and somebody asked what what the uh, what a baptist was and i think the father said it's a methodist that sings badly i think that's what what he <laughs> used nothing Thanks. gets my baptist brothers and sisters out there right okay
0: right. so so moving in to you know your your story with with covid um I know that you were in the hospital and you were not doing well. So tell us, you know, what, what happened there. And you, you told me that you had somewhat of a miraculous healing.
1: Um, and let me preface this by saying that there, there are probably people, and I refer back to my father that did not live Mm -hmm. and are in bad shape and have passed away. Uh, and I don't know why God saved me uh, from it uh and allowed me to live, and some of those people out there in your listening audience uh did not. If we were in a seminar right now, I'd ask everyone to raise their hand of those who have been impacted in some way by COVID or known somebody that passed away, so I pray for those families, um, and as my father said, I don't know why Richard Fancher was spared, have no idea, except for the power of prayer and God specifically. So,
0: All right. So I have to interrupt this episode really quickly uh, because at this point, Richard tells the full story of what happened to him in the hospital. Um, But I'm not going to put the details of that and what he shares in on this platform and in this episode, because it would likely get this episode flagged, maybe even taken down because he shares the full, full narrative of everything that happened in the hospital. But I am going to post that portion of our interview on my Locals page at kindledpodcast.locals.com. It is free for you to listen to this section of the interview on Locals. You will have to become a member, but it is free to become a member. So if you want to listen to that portion of our conversation, go to kindledpodcast.locals.com. Sign up for free to become um, just a member of the platform. It's not a subscriber, so you won't have access to Firestarters, my bonus episodes that come out on Fridays, but you will have access um, just as a free free um, member of the page to listen to this portion of the episode, kindlepodcast.locals.com. All right, back to the rest of our conversation. And Spoiler alert: Richard did make it out of the hospital. Obviously, so uh, here he picks up the story about ten days after he entered the hospital.
1: It's crazy. So ten days have now passed. I'm I'm um I'm doing stuff, almost doing calisthenics in the room. I'm I'm up and using the restroom on my own, and and I've already got they put a little walker in there, and I'm walking around just to kind of exercise a little bit. Mm-hmm. So I got shaved, cleaned up, and, and um, uh, I'm sitting there, and in walks the inhalation therapist. He said, are you Mr. Fancher? I said, I am. And, and who are you? I'm so-and-so, the inhalation therapist. He said, are, are you a, a religious guy? I said, religious? I, I'm a believer. I'll be happy to explain what that is. But I, I, I would say, he said, I want to know what your story is. I said, you've lost me on that one, my man. I don't know what you're talking about. My story? Uh, I don't know what story you want to hear. I'll be happy to you know, do an Aesop fable for you, whatever you want to hear and get a little cocky by that time because I'm feeling great. I'm feeling great. He says, when you came in here, I was with the head nurse and she said something I, she's never said to me that I know of uh, in the past or in the future. He said, she's looked down at your bed and you and said, this man's not going to make it out of here alive. And I looked at you, and I kind of said, that's, you're, you're probably right. I've never heard you say that. He says, now I want you to listen carefully to me. I said, okay. He says, because I'm the one that will determine to check you out or not. Here it's now the 22nd of December. I went in on the 12th. So I'm in there for 10 days. And for seven or eight of those, I was absolutely delirious, had no idea what I was doing. But now my head is clear. Um, I had a word of prayer with the young man my fiance's son, Josh, in New Jersey, who had a word of healing prayer for me, uh, uh, first with his, his mother and then with me. And he said, you know, uh, devil, you're not in there. You're not supposed to be in there. Uh, and you're, this is a child of God, get out. I'm not sure the exact words. Did I feel better after that? Absolutely. Um, I'm not sure when, whatever took place, took place. But so then he says, I want you to listen to me carefully. This is the (laughs) inhalation therapist. He said, your vitals were death vitals, Mr. Fancher. Do you understand what I just said? Death vitals when you came in here. Your sugar was coma, coma. You should have gone into a sugar coma at 500 plus. You were at 675. Mm -hmm. Um, I think they thought, why waste time on this guy? He said, so your vitals today are not good. They're not great. They're perfect. They're absolutely perfect. He said, so what do you attest to that? I said, well, God in prayer. I said, are you a religious guy? He said, well, you know, I don't know that I'm a real religious guy, whatever that means. He says, well, then what what would you call it? He said, well, I call it a miracle. I said, okay. It came out of your mouth and somebody put it there, not mine. I would agree with you. The power of prayer healing, healing power of God. And I'm here today to tell you that I can get up and almost do calisthenics, my man. And I, even though my legs are weak, Mm -hmm. I'm ready to rock and roll. Let's get up. Let's get me out of here. He -hmm. said, you are, I I just, I just can't believe it. I mean, I'm, I'm looking at you 10 days after what I saw. And, and even though you've lost weight, but my history said I was malnourished. I'd Mm -hmm. lost close to between 15 and 20 pounds I'd look different, obviously. I've got a little bit more weight. I'm kind of putting it on a little bit. Uh, there are remnants of that. And I just praise the Lord. Yeah. So wow. um, incredible. to those out there, I just say that, you know, God, that word that's alive and active. Rely on it. Ask it. Talk to it. It's there for you. Pick up a Bible. I don't care if it's the King James. The verses are going to be almost identically. Identically the same. Active, active, alive and well, sharper than any two-edged sword. It may say it a little bit different. Mm-hmm. Um this one says, for the word of God is alive and active, sharper than any double-edged sword. Mm-hmm. It penetrates even dividing the soul and spirit and joints. People prayed and and God, I, I don't know. I know God changed his mind maybe once or twice that when he was prayed, he gave somebody an extended life changed his mind, didn't kill him that day, and he was going to. Um, and maybe it's, as we all have an appointed time, mm-hmm. uh, as somebody said, wasn't your appointed time. And to those out there, again, I pray for your families, I'm sorry for your deaths.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh,
1: I don't know why. But they had an appointed time, no matter where yeah. you are. Yeah. Uh, but I will also say this, the issue is not a partisan issue. I don't give a doggone if you're a Democrat or Republican, right. uh, Protestant, Catholic, uh, you know, some pygmy in some place in another country. Mm-hmm. It's not about that. No. If if fine. there is a risk, there's got to be a choice. Yes. If I ask you get on this plane and say Haley, you've got seventy percent chance that you'll make it, but thirty percent you won't. Mm-hmm. I can tell you, Haley, I love you to pieces, but I'm getting off this plane. You stay here if you want to. Mm-hmm. If you choose the vaccination, you choose the mask. That's your choice. But mm-hmm. don't make me wear a mask. Give me the choice. Sir, you can or you can't wear it. Yes, you have that. Don't give me a stupid card. This is not Europe. This is not Russia. Mm -hmm. This administration. I have talked personally with Biden years ago when I was active politically. Mm
0: -hmm. He's
1: not the same guy. Uh, He was a Democrat, yes. Heck, I was a Democrat way back in the day. Uh, I, I hate to like denominations, hate to nominize. Um, uh, I'm a conservative conservative Republican, but he was a stout conservative Democrat way back mm-hmm. 30 plus years ago. Mm-hmm. What, what you see right now? I have no idea what it is. Somebody has directed him. Don't know who that is, but yeah, well,
0: you see, I think you see, um, you see a lot of things, but what we do see is, is, uh, Romans one being, being worked out that God has given some over to a debased mind. and um, those who have rejected his word, you know, at some point, like you said, uh, you know, I, I will say I'm, I'm a big believer in God's sovereignty and, you know, and that, that mystery of where does free will and sovereignty interact, but, but he is not going to like, if you, if you are choosing to live against his word and, and against his truth and, to set yourself up against the wisdom of God and you are becoming an opposition, an opponent of it, he will, he will allow you to do that. Like he will not always stop. He doesn't stop everyone who does that. Right. Like some people really die in, in their sins, in their resistance of truth. And unfortunately, I think that we just see a hardening of heart and a hardening of resolve against the truth, against the truth that like, humanity is valuable and has dignity. And we see that in all kinds of policies from, you know, pro-life issues to, to how COVID has been handled, where we don't see life being valued. We don't see humanity regardless of vaccination status, regardless of political um, affiliation. We don't see humanity's value being upheld and protected through the policies of this administration and, and so many other things, but I mean, it's, yeah, it's, it's ugly. It's really ugly what's happening. And it's, I think it's straight from hell, like straight from the devil himself.
1: Oh man. I agree. There's some uh, diabolical stuff and things going on and people need to be ready when that shout comes, if you're not ready, uh, you know, and, and of course uh, when they talk about getting decapitated for that, for your belief in God and Jesus and salvation and so on. Um, and I know there's differences of opinion about, called out or not but the fact is um salvation is the key that's the important mm-hmm. thing that's acceptance or rejection is yeah. at your doorstep you yeah. can choose to do or not so yeah uh, and that that uh, quickie, uh, the uh, the nun now it's been was 35 almost 40 years <laughs> uh after the fact i was mm-hmm. going to speak at a dedication of one of the buildings they were presenting myself and a senator and a congressman and i'm walking to the restaurant and a young lady goes richard my gosh, Richard, how are you doing? A young lady I haven't seen for a while. So I walk over. She said, do you know who this is? I said, no. I mean, I, I looked at those blue eyes and I thought, boy, that those eyes look familiar. She said, this is Sister Margaret Mary. Mm. I said, you got to be kidding. I said, sister, you remember who I am? You said I was going to mount to something someday and you just cry? She said, I recognize your face, Richard, but it's been so long. I summoned on a school board of one of the finest school districts in the country, overseeing 10,000 children and 1,000 employees, and, and we're one of the top in the country. Oh, my God. And those tears started to flow again. 30, 40 years later, who, who would have thought? Mm-hmm. And why was that? And did that happen? Except to remind her that some of the things she did as an educator, like all educators, uh, something good came of what she did, other than spanking my butt. Anyway, so I thought oh, yeah.
0: I yeah. Yeah. Other than that, Sister Mary or Margaret Mary, yeah. <laughs> Margaret Mary, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. God, Actually, God
1: does. She wasn't God wearing does. her habit either. By that time, oh. she wasn't wearing a habit, so she was out. Yeah. You know, they they don't do that. Maybe much maybe
0: anyway, she'd maybe she'd had some some interesting changes of heart on her on her oh. in her own life. Who knows? Could have. Could yeah. have.
1: Could have. Wow. Could have. Well,
0: Richard, I appreciate you taking the time to share your story, and you know, the thing that stands out to me above everything that you said is that it hinges on, salvation hinges on your acceptance of de- or denial of Christ. It does. On Forget about anything in your past. Um, forget about any labels. Forget about um, what system you believe in. If you do not accept Jesus Christ as your savior, if, savior, and if you do not see him and believe him to be the Messiah sent by God to save us from our sins, from what we deserve, which is eternal separation. I mean, if you do not that that's what it begins and ends with that is it that's the only the most important thing and and from there of course we know that there is a whole lot of other questions that you can ask and say am i living in line with that truth and with you know glorifying christ with my life but but i would just invite anyone who has not made that decision to really truly seek god on that ask him to reveal himself to you if you if you never have if you've never spoken directly to god or prayed and asked for wisdom, ask him, like, it says that the Lord delights to give wisdom and that he, he is the one who, who actually gives us that understanding and, and uh-huh. his Holy spirit is living and active. And, and the word is uh, available to you. I mean, you can get it for free on your phone for goodness sakes. Like the, like you mentioned the Bible, like his, his word, his inspired word is there for all of us. Um, And that's how we can know him. The primary means we have to know Gosh. him and who he is. So thank you for your testimony. And I, I pray that God uses that to just encourage some to, you know, maybe really evaluate whether that is something, a decision that they've made in their life or not.
1: So Amen. thank you. Amen. Can we close in prayer?
0: Yes, absolutely. You go ahead. All
1: right. Grace and Father, thank you for the spiritual food that you provided to whomever hears it whether they be sick, heal them, uh, whether they not know you as Savior, no matter what religion they are, that they accept your son. Bless this spiritual food as a nourishment to their souls. Thank you now. And you promise where two or more will gather in your name, there you were. Here you are, alive and active. In the name of Jesus we pray. Amen.
0: Amen. All right, guys, that's it for this week. I hope you will uh, grab the rest of that conversation over at kindlepodcast.locals.com. And uh, if you are in Firestarters, if you're a subscriber there at $10 a month, then you'll be hearing from me Friday. Otherwise, I will see you next Monday here on Kindle. Have a great week.